Hey, and welcome to the Short Stay Virtual Summit. My next guest is Jasper Ribbers. Now, Jasper is actually the author, founder, and host of Get Paid for Your Pad, the leading resource on Airbnb hosting. Jasper, welcome. How are things with you? Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, My you know, it's, uh, it's an interesting time. Uh, I'm here in uh, Barcelona. I have a nice roof terrace, and uh, the sun's out almost every day, and uh, we're allowed not, to not jealous go at all. outside. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like we're allowed to go outside a few hours a day. So, you know, I'm actually uh, I'm actually quite enjoying this this time. Like it's very peaceful uh, and it's a good time to kind of really focus on uh, on the business, focus on what you're doing, focus on yourself and uh, and grow as a person. So yeah. I'm quite enjoying it, actually. Agreed. I, I like the slower pace where things are not so crazy and we've actually mm. had time to spend with with family a little bit more and just sort of find out what everybody's doing a little bit more and chill and yeah you're right so I'm, gl- I'm glad you're in a great place to to enjoy at least what we can of, of lockdown of course there are challenges because there has been such huge changes in a really short period of time and we know that Airbnb have been a source of much anger amongst hosts but first of all before we start having a chat about Airbnb tell us a bit about you and your background and how you got started as a host with Airbnb yeah absolutely yeah, I, mean, I started in 2012, and the reason that I started was uh, I didn't have a job at the time. I quit my finance job, and I was looking for a way to make some money while I was traveling. Uh, I stayed at an Airbnb, and I thought it would be a good way to monetize my apartment back in Amsterdam that I had. Uh, up until then, it, it, it was a long-term rental. And so I thought, uh, let's give it a try, you know. Um, I, I like the idea of being able to uh, have people come in and, and leave so that I can stay at my own property when I want to. Yeah. Uh, so I gave it a try and, um, you know, the, I'd say the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. So that's a good few years hosting. Have you still got that place over in Amsterdam or are you now more permanent where you are in Barcelona? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's funny because they, uh, they introduced so much regulation and restrictions on Airbnb in Amsterdam that uh, I actually sold the apartment a couple of years back and I decided to diversify and use the money to buy several properties around the world in places that I enjoyed traveling to. So I currently have a, a, a place in Colombia, in the Philippines, in Thailand, oh. and I also manage a small hotel in Egypt. Oh so I'm getting all over the place. <laughs> yeah, now that is diversification, most definitely. How exciting. So it really did, getting involved with Airbnb and hosting really did open up an entirely new path for you. And it sounds like it's just been hugely exciting. And that, that's really interesting to hear. And you, you loved Airbnb, didn't you? I thought it was like, it, it was really your, your thing. And I remember when I first started hosting as well, you were the one that I came to to learn about uh, Airbnb. So super interesting to see how you've grown with Airbnb and things have changed for you as time's come along. So, so let's draw on some of that experience now that you've got with Airbnb. One of the big things they did recently was the decision they made with regards to cancellations and enforced refunds. What are your feelings about that? And how can hosts manage their way through any future cancellations that are going to come in due to any extended lockdown? What steps should they take to try and safeguard what bookings they, they do still have in the calendar? Yeah, so there's, there's, there's a lot of things going on, right? Number one, I, I would say, you know, obviously there's a lot of negative feelings towards Airbnb right now amongst hosts. Um, my first piece of advice is don't waste too much energy 
uh, on on the circumstances that you can't change. Like you cannot control what Airbnb does. Uh, you cannot control what a virus does or what the economy does or what the government does. Uh, all you can control is how you respond to it, right? And so um, what, I, what I've seen in, in our communities right now is that the people who keep their head calm and really focus their energy on what they can control and what they can do to make the best out of this situation, those are really the hosts that are getting success right now, right? The hosts who are too concerned about, you know, the mistakes that Airbnb made and how they managed it and, you know, the, all the negativism and the, the cancellations, the refunds, like all that kind of stuff. You can get really tied up in a, in a negative spiral if you focus too much on that. Um, so that's my first piece of advice. And, you know, I actually think, I think Airbnb made some mistakes and uh, which, I think is somewhat understandable because obviously it's a very difficult situation for them as well, where they're in. Um, you know, we have an expression in, in Holland where I'm from, where we say the best sailors are, are on the, uh, how do you say that on, on the dock in the docks, you know, they're, they're not the ones that are actually sailing, right? Cause it's easy to look at somebody and, and say, Oh, you're doing it wrong. If you're not actually in that position yourself. So, I think a lot, a lot of that is going on. Um, I get why Airbnb did some of the things they, they did because in the end of the day, um, you know, they, they have the host and the guests to, um, you know, to look after. But if you really think about it, in any online marketplace, it's, it's really the buyers who should be nurtured the most because those are, those are the people that put money in our pockets, in the host's pockets, but also in Airbnb's pockets, right? So um, it's easier to find sellers than, than buyers. So I understand that they're more concerned about keeping the guests happy versus keeping the host happy. Because in the end of the day, if you have, if, if they have, if they keep the, the guests, if, it, if they keep the buy side, um, there's always going to be people that will, will be willing to rent out their apartments on, yeah. on the platform, right? That's true. Um, even, even if, even if they're, they're kind of angry. I mean, the end of the day, you want to make money, right? With your, with your apartment. So you might be angry, but if, a year from now, Airbnb has, you know, millions of new um, users on their platform and they're like, hey, we got so many people looking for places. Like, are you really not going to use it because you're, you're angry at them? Probably not, right? But the buyers, it's a different story. They can go to hotels, they can go to other platforms, they can, you know, they can make a decision not to uh, stay a customer. So um, I, I understand it, but uh, they've definitely made a bunch of mistakes. Uh, I say the, tr the travel credit that were they were giving to guests, you know, instead of fully refunding them, um, while the the money was taken away from the host. I think that was a mistake. I think the way they communicated things, um, it could definitely have been better. There was a lot of confusion around it. You know, them them recommend actually recommending guests to stay at a hotel, in, and not stay at an Airbnb because they were worried about like parties and you know, damage to their image. I think, uh, I think that definitely those are mistakes, I think. Um, but I do have some sympathy give, you know, for them, given that it, it, it was a very ill, very difficult situation for them. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and then to answer your last question, you know, like what, what should we do as hosts with, you know, bookings that, uh, we still have, uh, do yeah. we want to keep those? Um, do we want to go ahead and cancel them? I think it it really depends on 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 your situations. Really, it's really hard to give general advice because yeah. there's so many different situations now. Some places you're not allowed to host. 
right? Some people, uh, some bookings you can cancel penalty free. Some bookings you can't, depending on the extenuating circumstances, right? Uh, some people have a lot of opportunity in the long term uh, rental market right now, yes. right? Some people want to make that switch. Some people don't, right? So it, it the, there's so many different situations, but I, I think I can share a few general guidelines. Um, number one is, you know, look at look at your current bookings and and get in touch with those those clients, get in touch with those guests. Uh, because the last thing that you want is for those bookings to get canceled last minute uh, and Airbnb keeps, you know, ex extending their extenuating circumstances. Um, so now it's June 15th, you know, who knows, maybe it'll end up being July, August, September. Um, I just read that uh, I think in Los Angeles, they're thinking about keeping the, the stay at home policy until September even. So oh, who knows right. how long they're going to extend it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, those bookings are not really bookings in this situation. They're more like leads. Yeah. You know, it's, it's more like somebody might stay with you, but it's not a guarantee. So I would, I would contact all those guests uh, and, and just have a conversation with them. Like, Hey, are you still planning to come? Uh, you know, if so, here's the situation. Um, and if they're not planning on coming, then you, you're better off canceling and seeing if you can fill up your space in a different way, whether that be a long-term stay or midterm stay, or, um, you know, or maybe even uh, shutting it down for a while is, is an option as well. Right. So. Yeah. I, yeah. Did I, yeah, I think, I think that's, <laughs> that's, I wasn't sure if I'd frozen for a second then I'll, I'll cut this section out. Sorry, Jasper. Uh, I've been panicking about my internet a little bit. Right, straight back into it. Apologies. No yeah, I think those. I think those are really good pieces of advice, and I think definitely communication right now is absolutely key with those guests that we have got, as you say, as potential leads rather than booked, confirmed guests. And if you can open up the, the channels of communication and they know that they can, can come to you and talk to you and it's, it's not going to be confrontational, it's, it's not going to be difficult, you're not going to try and enforce hanging on to their money and just build that relationship, then I think that will that's definitely going to put you in good stead moving forward. So yeah, great points you bring up there. So let's, let's have a look at what Airbnb then went on to. They, they of course apologized to hosts. And as you say, everybody's in a difficult position. Nobody's been in this position before. So there's decisions being made, which they're the first time we've made these decisions. <laughs> so, so they then pledged, it was around $250 million, wasn't it, for hosts to help those that have lost loads of income due to, to decisions that they made and the pandemic, which of course can't be controlled. Are, are you seeing evidence that these payouts are filtering through to hosts in your experience so far? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We've, we've seen uh, hundreds of screenshots being shared in our Facebook groups in our, in our private communities. Uh, people are definitely getting paid. Good. Um, you know, some people are a little disappointed uh, with the amount. Um, there was some confusion around like who was eligible for that money. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, the payouts, they definitely came. They came a little later than expected because Airbnb said they were going to start paying people in the early April. Uh, but I mean, the, the, the screenshots that I've seen, they were all coming in in the last week of April. Right. So right. it took a while, but, uh, but yeah, they, they definitely followed up on that. Good. That is great news. It's, it's good to know that it is actually filtering through. 
brilliant stuff. We've also seen reports over the last few days that they're actually going to be laying off 25% of their staff, uh, some 1,900 jobs lost worldwide. So what do you think the future holds for Airbnb after these layoffs, after the pandemic? And I know it's difficult to predict, what are you seeing at the moment that their changes are, are going to be from a hosting perspective? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Airbnb was, Airbnb is very, very good at their core business, which is providing an, a user-friendly online marketplace, right? That's what, the, that's what their core business is. And they're so good at it that they became, you know, pretty much the, the market leader. I don't know if booking.com might have more listings, but, but in my opinion, if you, if you, add, if you think about short-term rentals, like, you know, most people think about Airbnb first, right? Yeah. So um, it's even come to the point where, in the, you know, it's just like Google, you say like, I'm not, you, you don't say I'm going to look, I'm going to look for something on the internet. I'm going to Google it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, I'm not going to rent out my space. I'm going to Airbnb it. Right. Yeah. They've, and that's pretty incredible how they, what they've done. Right. Yeah. And I think the reason is because they're, they're so good at uh, making a platform very user friendly. Right. And, and they've done a lot of innovation, the design and all of that. Now, I think I think the problem was that at some point, you know, Brian Chesky is a very ambitious, ambitious guy. And, I, you know, he wanted to to go into travel. You know, he didn't want to be accommodations company. He wanted to be a travel company. So he wanted to go into experiences, into trips, restaurants, all this other stuff. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I think that was not a good idea in the first place. Um, and I think they did it because they wanted to have multiple revenue streams because that makes it more interesting for investors if you want to yeah. do an IPO, which was an ambition they also had. Okay. Um, and then also, it, I think it was also just kind of his personal ambition or ambition of the team. Um, but, you know, I mean, if you look at all the things that they that they got into, Right. I mean, I, I don't even know all of it. It's confusing to me. So and I'm, I'm reading about it every day. So if it's confusing to me, it must be confusing to everybody. Um, I mean, all the stuff, the looks, the, you know, the plus, the, the experiences, the, the trips, the restaurant, like, I mean, it, it's just uh, it's just confusing. And at some point you, you open up the Airbnb website and you actually have to look like, hey, where's the where are the homes? You yeah. know, that's, that's all this other stuff. Right. And then they hired, of course, uh, a lot of people to build all this stuff out. They spent a lot of money, money on marketing. And now they have to cut that all out because now they're not making as much money. And so they have to now fire all those people. They have to get rid of all those, all those side, you know, side projects and side yeah. businesses and all those everything they've been doing. Exactly. Like they've been in a very, you know, they had a luxury, they were in a luxury position because you know, they're, they're the only unicorn, pretty much the only unicorn that was actually making a lot of money instead yeah. of like Uber, you were like, they, they were still losing billions, right? Yeah. So they had all this cash to, you know, to, to go and do all these cool and fun things. Um, but now they, you know, they, they see the other side of that sword and, and they have to cut all that back. So now they're firing all those people. Uh, they're firing 2,000 people. They closed down the, the, the office here in Barcelona as well. And oh, so, okay. yeah, so I think, um, I mean, I think they should just stick with their core business model and just, you know, work on being better at that, right? Uh, have an amazing customer support. 
Because I mean, the customer support is really crappy. And the reason is like those customer support of uh, people, I mean, you gotta have a, a degree in, in online marketing and online businesses and to understand all the different things that Airbnb is doing, you know? That's, yeah, so, good point. So that's, that's feedback that you get from a lot of hosts too. It's like you call Airbnb for support and you feel like the support person doesn't even understand they need support. Going on. Yeah, you get <laughs> the support needs support. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just very clear that, uh, you know, that I think nobody understands everything Airbnb does at this point. Yeah. Right. So uh, what is the future? I think, I think now they're going to be forced to really just figure on their focus on their core solution, um, which is a good thing in the long term, I think. Um, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, number two for hosts, what does it mean? Uh, I think for hosts who are going to, who are in the business to, to stay, right? I mean, there's a lot of opportunistic players who entered the space over the last couple of years. Yes. A lot of them are going out of business right now. So I think overall, uh, the supply is, is going to contract. Uh, more, uh, more accommodation is shifting to long-term. Um, and so, you know, and I think in the long term, that's, that's not bad. You know, I think the people that are passionate about hospitality, the people that are <clears throat> in the business because they, they love, you know, they love Airbnb, they love hospitality, yeah. um, they love short-term rentals. Those are the people that are going to stay. And that's a good thing for the guests as well, because in the end of the day, you know, the reason why people use Airbnb is because of the, the connection with the host. Well, at least that's one of the things, right? Yes. So you'd rather have a connection with somebody who actually cares about hospitality and is not just in there because they are looking to make a quick, you know, some quick money. Yeah, that's, yeah, really good points you raised there. And yeah, I, th I, I agree with you. This, the market over the last couple of years has just been so many people piling in to, to try and offer short-term rentals. But yes, I think this is going to, to weed out people that really are not in it for hospitality's sake. And, and yeah, as you say, I think moving forwards, it, it'll be better for hosts and, and better for guests as well. So currently there seems to be a bit of a shift towards the longer term stays. We, we touched on that at the moment. That's maybe to accommodate those who can't go home or key workers. Do, do you think this is a, a trend that will continue or do you think it is just to fill a need that's happening right now? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think it's both, right? Obviously, there, there is a different, there's a different audience. There's a different people that are looking for, looking for accommodation right now, right? It's not the leisure uh, traveler. It's not the international guest. It's not really the business traveler, or that might still be some of that. But it's mostly people who look for a place to stay out of necessity, right? Yeah. Uh, they don't want to, you know, they're worried about they might carry the virus. They don't want to infect their family or their parents or whoever it is. There's people that are stranded. There's people that need a place to work from. Um, people want to get out of the busy cities. Um, so in our, in our communities, we, we see a lot of people in smaller towns that are actually getting a lot of business right now. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think the, you know, the, the big chunk of that is, 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 is short term, but I think there is a long-term effect because for several reasons, number one, People are discovering new places, right? If you live in Los Angeles and you used to travel to Asia on holiday and now you're going to, you know, Joshua Tree because you can drive there. Yeah. You know, maybe now you discover like, hey, why am I flying all across the world when I have these amazing cacti, you know, at a two hour drive? Yeah, I haven't even explored my own area properly. Exactly. You, so, you suddenly so, realize that, that there's a lot on your doorstep. <laughs> Exactly right. Um, 
and this is something that I learned when I started hosting in Amsterdam, I had to recommend all these places to go to people. And I discovered some really good spots in Amsterdam that I'd never. Yeah. Never like, oh, about, I, right? I live in a so, really cool place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, this is, wow, this, these tulips are kind of cool. Like I never thought, you know, I yeah. just, you take them, you take stuff for granted. Yeah. Um, but then like, so I think a lot of people are kind of um, forced to look closer to home for you know for a trip or a stay or whether that's forced through because they have to they have to stay somewhere and they can't stay at home or if they're you know going on a staycation or whatever it may be um so that's one thing um number two is you know i don't believe that people are just immediately going to jump back on those planes as soon as they are allowed to um because you know, this has a this this whole crisis have had a very strong emotional effect on people. Yeah. I mean, you, you just go into like the you know the public Facebook groups, uh, and you scroll through some posts, and you see the you see that people are emotional right now. You know, this is this is something that's really uh, caused some trauma on, on, on a lot yeah. of people, I think. And as a result, that's not just going to go away, right? People are going to be more wary about wary about. Um, crowded spaces in the future. So I think that local travel is probably going to stay strong for a while where people are just not really, they don't really want to jump in a plane um, because they don't want to be in a crowded space. But also, yeah. you know, we've all heard the stories of people that got stuck, right? Um, and I almost got stuck too, because I was in right. San Diego and I almost couldn't go back to Barcelona, which meant that, you know, I would have to, break the do like overstay in in the u.s right. which is something you don't want to do no. so people are aware now like you know if i go on a two-week holiday what if what if halfway through that holiday another virus turns up and i can't go I, I can't go home yeah absolutely if i'm if i'm driving by car i can i can drive home if i stay in my own country then you know i don't have that issue so so yeah i think that's you know there's there's going to be a long-term effect um it's going to take a while before people forget this. You know, I mean, yeah. my, uh, my cousin, or no, I should say my nephew, he's like 16 years old. And he asked me a question. He's like, wow, this, uh, this coronavirus thing is uh, quite intense. Like, uh, how often does this happen? Like how many times has this happened to your life? Right. And I'm, I'm 42. And I was like, no, this, this never happens. I mean, this, this is the first no. time I've ever, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's been viruses around, of course, but, you know, this intense, this, this, this lockdown and, and all of the stuff. No, this is like a once in a, I don't know, once in a century or something. So, yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, people are not going to forget about this. No, yeah, yeah, abs yeah, absolutely right. I've got, I've got a friend who's um, currently over in Dubai, can't get back over here to the UK. Of course, she's been there for the whole time. She's luckily, she was, she's a house sitter. So she was house sitting mm. for, for someone over there. And so she does have accommodation and it's not costing her a fortune and she hasn't had to go down all those, those routes of, of trying to claim on travel insurance. So, so she's quite lucky, really. And of course, Dubai. <laughs> but still, she's not home at the same time. and. Uh, you know, I'm constantly asking her when, when that's actually going to happen. And she, she can't answer that. She doesn't know when she's going to be back. So we're, we're missing her most definitely. Um, so yes, that's something, there's all these extra things to consider now, aren't there, which weren't there before. And on that note, I know that you've got uh, an, an economic and financial background. 
And as we've just said, this, this hasn't happened before. However, based on your knowledge of past economic downturns and recessions, what, what do you see happening in our industry and a bit of a view on the world economy as a whole? Yeah, yeah. So I was, uh, I traded uh, for, for six years uh, and I, I studied econometrics which is a combination of economics and, and math. And I've always been very interested in economics. So I'm following the, all the, you know, the, the news in, in economics. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I personally think, I, I think it's going to be pretty severe downturn. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to share a more positive outlook, but unfortunately that, that's, uh, that's what I see. Um, I think a lot of people are underestimating the current situation. Um, you know, I think a lot of people think that, you know, once the lockdown is over, everybody goes back to work and, and it's, it's all, you know, well, yeah, back to normal. I, I don't, I'm afraid that's not the case. I mean, uh, a lot of people have lost their jobs um, and they're not all just going to be back to, to they're not going to be hired uh, back as soon as the, the, the coronavirus is, is, or the lockdown is over. I mean, that's not going to happen. You know, there's going to be this, this, social distancing economy where restaurants can't be uh, at 100% occupancy, like margins are very low in those type of businesses. So if you can only have like 50% of your customers, like, you know, how are you going to survive as a restaurant, you know? So, yeah. I mean, that's just one example, like airlines, like there's so many businesses that are going to struggle and yeah. that's going to have a, a pass through effect on the entire economy. Um, that I think people are underestimating because right now people are just focused on like, oh, the lockdown is going to be over soon. And then, you know, we're, we're all going to be good. Everything's but I fine. think, uh, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be a prolonged uh, time of, of economic uncertainty and uh, economic downturn. So I think that's something that, you know, you definitely want to prepare yourself for. Um, yeah. I, th and then I think it's quite di it's quite difficult to sort of grasp exactly what an impact it's had, isn't it? When we are in our homes and we've just got snippets of news or information on social media, and suddenly something will click and you'll be like, "Well, oh yeah, that's not happening at the moment, is it?" Like even something as similar simple as movies being made uh, are not happening, <laughs> and yeah. it's just hard to to just grasp. How everything has stopped virtually. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, you, the government's response is to hand out a bunch of cash, right? To hand out cash to people, which feels good in the short term. It's, it's nice to receive some money. Um, but the the issue is that's a very short term solution. There's a downside to that. You know, you can't just you can't just create a whole bunch of money out of thin air or just keep borrowing money um, without that has negative consequences on the long term for the economy, right? If, yeah. if there were no negative consequences, then why not give everybody a million dollars, right? And we're all millionaires and we're all, we're all Everybody's rich. happy, I mean, it yeah. It doesn't work like that. It has negative, that has negative consequences in the long term. And we're going to have to deal with those consequences in the future. Um, and so, you know, that's, uh, I think people should just, you know, be prepared or real, at least realize that, at least, you know, look into look into what's going on, and um, you know, have a have a plan. You know, have a strategy. What if what if this downturn is going to last for five years? Like, what what can I do now to prepare myself for that? You know, I think that's the question that uh, that people should be asking. Yeah, I think that's that's very very true. And 
based on your knowledge of, of past recessions, is there sort of a, a life cycle of a recession that tends to be a set-ish number of years? I think, I mean, the average recession lasts for, I think it's somewhere around like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But I mean, you know, you gotta, when you talk about recession, it's a recession just, just is two quarters of neg- negative GDP growth, right? Um, so that's just how it is defined. But obviously okay. there's much more to it, right? Yeah. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, over the last couple decades, it used to be the case that when we'd have a recession, that, um, you know, we would just kind of sit it out yeah. and uh, let the economy fix itself. But now what the local, what the governments and the central banks do is they, they try to, they try to soften the, uh, the downturn by creating lots of, by doing quantitative easing, they're buying up bonds and they're buying up, you know, all sorts of stuff, um, which, uh, and that's, a, that's, a, that's something that started happening in the last couple of decades, really. Um, so, you know, so the question is, it's, is that really going to work? You right. know, um, we don't really know because it's, we're currently in a situation where there's, there's policies in place that have never really been in place before. And so, you know, we've had, in, I mean, look at the interest rate history over the last like a hundred years, you'll see it's like, it's never been so low for so long. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's hard to predict what's going to happen because of that. Um, I have a feeling that that's a we're going to have to face the consequences of the negative by effects of these policies. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I hope I'm wrong. I hope this recession will just be, you know, six months, nine months, one year, and and we're we're good. Um, I'm afraid that's not going to happen. I see this one being uh, quite severe, um, probably one of the most severe ones that we've uh, seen uh, in the yeah. last uh, 100 years. Yeah, most definitely. And and as, as you say, it, it's time to sort of have a think about, and we have got a bit of time to think <laughs> at the moment because we're, <laughs> yeah. we're all at home. So so how do you think hosts can best prepare to make the most, the, the most of the next few months as we hopefully start to come out of, of lockdown? What should they be focusing on? Yeah, I think the most important thing is to, to have a plan, right? Um, you have to take action and you know, think of a of strategy. Uh, again, it's really hard to give a one solution for for everybody because you know the situations are so different, right? Yeah. Uh, but I'd say the 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 things that you can do is number one, you you want to figure out what's your what's your game plan. Are you going to stick with short term rentals? Um, if you are in a remote market, small market, that could be a good strategy, right? Because yeah. people are going to want to, to go to less crowded places. Yeah. Um, if you're in an urban market, probably a long-term rental solution is, is a good strategy. If you want to do that, you have to, you know, better to do that fast sooner than later. Yeah. Um, and that's a general advice as well. Like if you want to make changes, do it sooner than later um, because you want to be right now, you want to be ahead of the curve and not behind the curve. So um you know, there's, it's, it really depends on your situation, right? Yeah, um, of course. But the, you have to, you have to think and have a plan. If you're going to stick with short-term rentals, I would say be prepared to not uh, be dependent on uh, the OTAs, the Airbnbs, the booking.coms, et cetera. Um, I would say work on your own marketing channels. Um, for example, you could have a, 
uh, an Instagram account, a Facebook account. Uh, you could, uh, you know, email your past guests or message your past guests. Uh, you got to have a, an actual marketing plan that, that goes beyond just listing on, on a third party platform. Yeah. So, um, so it's, it's moving to proactivity instead of just sitting back listing and sort of waiting. Exactly. That gone exactly. are those days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the OTAs are, st- are always going to be important. Um, so you want to have an OTA strategy where yes. you're optimizing and, you know, it's not like, okay, don't list on Airbnb anymore. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying use those platforms, but you know, now you have time to, learn about how do I, how can I get bookings through Instagram, right? What do I need to do in order to get a following on Instagram, right? What kind of content should I be posting? Like, how does it even work? I mean, Instagram is a great channel because it's, it's the future, right? If you look at the younger people, they're all on Instagram, right? Um, Email is, is still the number one powerful, most powerful tool in marketing. Um, The people that are watching right now have probably signed up through an email that you sent them. Exactly. Um, So, you know, collect email addresses from your guests. If you haven't been doing that, you know, send them an email every now and then by, uh, with, with some information or a discount or, you know, something you want to share with them about yourself, about your property, stay on their radar, um, things like that. Uh, thinking outside of the box, um, depending on your, the audience that you're trying to serve, you know, could be Instagram, could be Pinterest, could be Facebook, could be, anything uh, you know having like even having things like seo like having a google business listing having your place be on google maps um stuff like that just being having more exposure outside of the of the otas i think is the way forward and then the last thing i'll i'll say on that is you know try and be really really good at one thing so if you think if you cater to a younger crowd just pick instagram and just spent the next two months learning about how to build a following on Instagram and, yeah. and just get really, really, really good on that. Right. Good at that. Um, if you're, if you're uh, targeting business travelers, get really, really good at LinkedIn. Right. And start using LinkedIn as a lead generation source. Yeah. Really good point. So, so yeah, absolutely. So pick one thing and just become amazing at it. Cause as you say, we've, we've got the time to do that and to not try and do everything all at once, focus on one thing that you're going to get good at. And this is going to be the new way that you're going to get yourself exposure and then start looking at other ways to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. All right. I think that's a brilliant way for us to to end. Thank you so, so much for sharing your experience and your knowledge and uh, that you've got both from Airbnb and sort of the economic and financial background that you've got as well. So I really appreciate your time today, Yasser. It's been a pleasure. And uh, before we go, can you let people know how, if they want to learn some more from you about Airbnb or they'd like to get hold of one of your books, then where is the best place for them to go? Yeah, so we we have a large range of products and sources of information. The, there's a podcast that I've done like 334 episodes. Amazing. I think. Um, it's all it's called Get Paid for Your Pad. The book is on Amazon. The best way to get involved in our community is to go to getpaidforyourpad.com and just put in your email. Uh, I'll send you a uh, uh, a training email training series on how to survive this crisis. Um, but then also you know, there's lots of other, there's lots of things that we have. We have a, 
a private community that you could join where we have expert trainings every single week where we do lives and all that kind of stuff. A lot of free information on the blog as well. So, um, so yeah, the easiest way to, to get involved is just go to getpaidforyourpad.com on the front page. You can uh, leave your email and then you'll, uh, I'll be in touch. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. And that email sequence sounds brilliant to to sort of get people started and they can learn a bit more about you as well fantastic right well have an amazing day i hope you you stay well over in barcelona and i hope i'll get to meet you in person one day in the not too distant future <laughs> i'm sure there's going to be lots of uh, conferences in barcelona when uh, when that's allowed again so thank yes. thank you for uh, thank you for having me and uh, good luck with the summit thanks my pleasure i'll see you again soon cheers jasper bye for now bye Bye-bye.